On November 2nd, billionaire Joe Ricketts waged battle against local journalism. I am Maham Hassan, and this is the story of that day through the eyes of four reporters. Someone screamed, check your emails now. We got an email and the site went down at 5 p.m. instantaneously, and that's when we found out. So we found out when everyone else found out. I was very, very immediately numb. I was a bit numb. I don't actually remember. I I was numb. I was like shell-shocked for a while. Um, you know, I think any sort of mass layoff is kind of traumatic. This one, just the way it was handled was so fucking lousy. Excuse me. A couple of my colleagues broke down in tears at their computers. Um, a couple others uh, stood up and started shouting. Um, I was fairly silent and basically understood that this was it. I think the first thought that came into my mind was, well, he followed through on his threat. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I don't really remember what my first thought was, because I literally was in shock. My, like, my, physically, my body started to shake a little bit. I couldn't really process things for a while. I called my boyfriend and I said, I just lost my job. My name is Scott Hines. Uh, I'm a photojournalist and reporter, and I worked at Gothamist. Um, so my name is Rachel Holliday-Smith, um, um, and I was a reporter um, in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. For DNA Info, yes. Yeah, uh, Jake Offenharts, and I was at Gothamist, and I was a journal assignment, uh, reporter, blogger, writer. I was never really, never really knew what to call myself. My name is Amy Zimmer. I worked at DNA Info. I covered real estate and education for the entire city. I was in the office. Um, I was in the middle of editing photos uh, that I had just shot earlier that afternoon um, of the memorial that had been placed on the West Side Highway bike path uh, for the victims of the uh, terrorist attack with the Home Depot truck that happened earlier this week. I had just come out of this hour-long, hour-and-a-half-long story meeting with my editor talking about future stories. I was actually coming back from taking photos for the last story that was published on DNA Info six minutes before our site got shut down. And there we were mapping out these great topics that we were going to cover. And I left there feeling very energized and excited about these stories. Um, just saw the, saw the memo go out, go out at five o'clock on the dot. That it was the end of work that we had done there. And so I quietly started packing up uh, my things. You know, just sort of go into autopilot and just say, this is done. I'm done. I'm, and I just sort of wanted to do something concrete. And in kind of a collective shock, uh, made our way from our office at 53rd and 7th to the subway station at Times Square. Um, and then we all went to a bar. And, start drinking. And we had a wake because um, at The Magician. Which has been a favorite haunt of ours lately. And we were mourning the loss of good, objective reporting for lots of communities that do not have any full-time coverage. There were a lot of other people from other media outlets there buying us drinks. Um, and it was very, you know, I would say textbook, um, you know, media layoff sympathy party. Um, yeah, a lot of shots. And then you, you wake up Friday morning and realize you don't have a job and your favorite website in New York is gone. So it was tough. Joe Ricketts, our founder and the person who owned our company, um, he said he would do this. He really didn't like unions. 
and uh, he followed through on that. Um, we realized pretty quickly that the archive wasn't there, and it was replaced with this letter from Joe Ricketts, and it became a, just that the only thing that mattered was getting the stories back. I can't say I was shocked or surprised by the shutdown. Um, I consider Joe Ricketts to be a pretty uh, feckless, rich old man devoid of most values. For Gothamist, that's 14 years of local news coverage that needs to exist. And it does exist for now. It's been put back up, I think, because of public pressure. You know, the fact that a billionaire could take it down at the flip of a switch says a lot about just, like, how bad things are, I guess. Um, but just that, that action felt so... <laughs> it felt so spiteful. It felt it felt very aggressive. Um, his justification throughout our entire unionizing campaign against our organizing was that it was going to be the quote-unquote straw that broke the camel's back, uh, that it was going to be uh, make it impossible for the company to have any hope of profitability. I believe his line was that if he was running the business, he would make all the business decisions about it and no one was going to be able to mess with that. I, I don't know. The union never, you know, we just had taken the vote on Thursday of and then, you know, one week later, he shut it down. The union had never even bargained yet or had any demands yet. So it's hard to know how the union would have impacted the business model. The irony of all that is that, you know, we're organizing in order to ensure for the long-term sustainability of the company and that we had not even made a single demand. It is... Uh, sort of a public service what we did, right? We were covering communities. We were going to the community board meetings. We were writing about store openings and closings. I mean, we were, we were doing a lot. That's primarily what makes me sad about this. I covered an area of Brooklyn where often I was the only reporter in a room covering some really serious development issues. You know, there's a lot of gentrification in the outer boroughs. Parents fighting with their principals or residents complaining about the construction going on next door that it's violating zoning or noise rules, you know, it's... We were so connected and relied upon by not just local outlets, um, but I also think national outlets. There are plenty of, you know, stories, whether it be the issue of the quote-unquote bullet hole uh, Summerhill restaurant in Crown Heights that became a national story that my co-worker co Emma Whitford broke. Um, or other really, really great uh, stories at DNA Info that grew to be, you know, so much more than just, you know, the initial uh, scoop that they got. These small things matter in New York as well, just as they would in a small town. And, and we were there on the ground reporting those kinds of stories, the sort of, like, big little stories of neighborhoods. And now no one will cover those. And I just, it makes me really upset. You know, even though New York is New York and it's this big, great international city, when it comes down to the neighborhood level, neighborhoods are still neighborhoods with their parochial things, you know. It was 10 months, but it was like the dream job for me in a lot of ways. If I could say something to Joe Ricketts now, I would say very simply, these decisions that he, he's made that he claims to be... Um, are founded in a shrewd business 
sense. Um, his claims of knowing what's right for the esprit de corps of uh, workplace um, are nothing but the most uh, unglamorous, basic, and abject forms of greed. Not that it would matter, but I really want to just reiterate to him that all we wanted was a minimum of influence on our workplace. Um, <laughs> I thought a lot about that. Um, you know, I, I think it's probably good to keep in mind that Joe Ricketts is not unique in his evil. And Joe Ricketts is a billionaire, and every billionaire, as far as I'm concerned, is just their existence is inherently evil. I would thank him for starting the site, for sure, for caring about local news. I would thank him. And so while he claims to be a man of um, Christian values and of decency uh, and of strong business sense, he is a man who is driven by spite and avarice. And, uh, you know, I pity him. Um, you know, we knew that people would be upset. Of course, we were upset. Um, the, the scale of it has been just really kind of overwhelming and like a little sort of glimmer of a nice thing amidst all this other garbage. I knew that we had fans. I didn't know that we had such loyal fans. It's softened the blow uh, in some ways just to know how much we mattered, to know how much local news matters. Especially with how um, we've seen kind of a more antagonistic or suspicious view of some members of the public and political class toward journalists and reporters. Um, what now? I don't know. I, I couldn't say, but um, a lot of us, uh, we're just taking time to reflect right now and figuring out what our next move is going to be. Um, we're going to find a place to tell stories about New York. We're still here. Um, we're still here. Not going anywhere. It's not really a funeral. It's gonna. Something else is going to happen, and we don't know what yet, but it's not going to, this isn't the end. I have a bond with my readers. I love them. And so, you know, in the end, it was always about our readers. It was about doing right by our readers, doing right by our subjects, um, and doing right by our fellow journalists. I'll just say thank you for their support over the years, and thank you for their readership. And thank you for caring about your communities and thank you for sharing your stories with us. I hope that local news lives on.